1: plushcare.com slash weight loss the biggest breaking news stories an outspoken opinion the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio
0: Good morning to you. It's Monday the 15th Oh, It's not Monday the 15th of November at all. It's Tuesday the 16th of November. Uh, you're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia hartley Brewer, on Talk Radio. As well as listening, you can, of course, also watch the show live. Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or go to talkradio.tv for details on how to watch. Coming up, a failed Syrian asylum seeker who converted from Islam to Christianity has been identified as the suicide bomber who blew himself up outside a Liverpool hospital on Remembrance Sunday. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson has warned that travel restrictions and self-isolation rules will be tougher for people who do not get their booster jabs. As the Prime Minister confirmed, the definition of being fully jabbed fully will have to change. Once again, the rules change, don't they? And cricketer Azim Rafiq will give evidence to MPs this morning about institutional racism in cricket. 6.34 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Obviously the two big stories today actually uh, maybe, maybe we can include three actually include the uh, the racism in cricket story which is going to be live from 9.30 uh, at the uh, Digital Culture and Media sports Select Committee when Ram uh, Azim Rafiq gives evidence on his experiences at Yorkshire County Cricket Club, more experiences from other cricketers as well coming forward Essex and others. But obviously the focus on the terror attack on Sunday and also the changing of the rules, once again, uh, about the need to get jab, not only your first jab, your second jab, but you'll need a booster jab as well. But it depends, of course, who's eligible for them. It was uh, over 50s uh, just until yesterday. and Then it became over 40s. Uh, will it be everybody? Will will 12 will year olds be required to have uh, three jabs before they're allowed to travel without quarantine in a few months time? Who knows? Rules keep changing. A lot of people very, very unhappy about that. I mean, an awful lot of people have been double jabbed, very happy to be double jabbed. You say, no, I'm fa- happy not to have the booster. I've had Covid like myself and I've had uh, uh, I've had my boosters job done. I did what I was asked. You said we wouldn't have any more restrictions on our lives. And yet even yesterday, Boris Johnson couldn't rule out a Christmas lockdown. Why not? Well, uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a moment. First up, let's talk about the terror attack. Joining me all this morning for the chat is a Conservative commentator, Benedict Spence. Good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Julian. Um, How are
0: you? Very well indeed. So much uh, has emerged uh, in the last twenty-four hours about uh, that uh, terror attack. It was a very confused picture on Sunday, and, and pretty confused also. I think uh, yesterday, um, we we saw first of all yesterday morning the video um, of of the actual explosion, and we had been you know, I, we, I was making it very clear on the show yesterday. We had accounts from apparently friends and colleagues uh, of uh, the taxi driver uh, who was uh, who was the, Dave Perry, who of course was uh, the man who was driving. Uh, the, uh, the, the it would apparent a suicide bomber yesterday First of all, we saw we'd heard that he had actually you know, jumped out of the car. Then the car had exploded. He'd, he'd locked the door so the the, uh, the suspected bomber couldn't get out. Uh, the footage that emerged yesterday showed that him coming into the hospital grounds, and then the car, the, the bomb exploding or part of the bomb exploding, and then him getting out of the cab. It would appear the plastic um, uh, screen between him and the passenger may well have saved his life. Um, and and I, I think we think that the doors at the back of the cab would have been locked anyway, as as is the norm um, for those kind of cab- uh, he, of course, thankfully survived. We've seen the naming of uh, the man who died, Emad uh, Jamil al-Swealamin, 32-year-old, um, believed to have arrived uh, here six or seven years ago from either Syria or Iraq. It's not quite clear. Um, he had apparently uh, failed to get asylum and, and he'd also converted to Christianity and had at some point been sectioned for mental health problems. I mean, the, the litany of... of, mm. of, of, of uh, I suppose you know question marks are just complete you know just carries on, doesn't it?
1: It does. I mean, and is very often the case. You know, we find ourselves with a situation where somebody who is in the country and is posing a severe danger to members of the public uh, was just sort of at large and able to do so. Um, I I think actually it's a very, it's a very sad sort of desperate state of affairs. This without you know knowing too much about it. But I mean, the only thing actually that I can take away from it without knowing all the facts. Uh, is the heroism of the driver involved yeah. to have uh, to, to have done what he did and it's very interesting to me because this is a part of the world that i know very well i used to live there for five or six years I used to get that uh, route uh, into to university every day um and then rutland avenue where there was the police standoff um the last uh, the night before last uh, was the alternative route if you if you, if you wanted to go to the to the other side of the campus? Yeah. So it, it was all a bit surreal. It's all very familiar. Uh, well, it's yeah. still it's
0: still not entirely clear what, what what the intended terror attack was, given that the bomb went off uh, just before mm-hmm. eleven o'clock, just before that two minute silence. Um, we know also that he converted to Christianity and he he went through the ceremony uh, to do that at Liverpool Cathedral, which is where the remembrance mm-hmm. day service was being held that day. Um, and uh, the initial reports have suggested that he'd originally oh, asked. To go there rather than to the hospital, um, yeah. but of course we know that there. You know, I mean, certainly in terms of the the weapon that was used, the bomb that was used, the TATP, was very unstable, and it appears not all of it went off. And we we know this is a it's called the mother of Satan because basically so many bombers have been killed whilst trying to make these bombs. Um, but it's standard, basically standard procedure for ISIS uh, supporters to use this, this mm-hmm. kind of weapon. But also uh, there have been weapon, um, uh, weapon these bomb attacks on. Hospitals, particularly maternity hospitals, in the Middle East by mm. ISIS. So it could well be that the hospital was the uh, was the target. I mean, we're all just incredibly grateful that no one, veterans at a Remembrance Day service, or indeed mothers and babies. um at a maternity hospital, were killed, and and, mm. and 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 who knows, you know, how much the, the heroism of the cab driver played in that, if if at all, now because looking at the footage, it would appear the bomb went off before he got out of the car. Um mm. But the key things here now are this man being in the country now. An awful lot of the terror attacks that you have in this country are people who are born and bred. They have gone to school with our children. They 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 live here. Obviously, a large number of those will be the children of. Uh, immigrants who have, uh, you know, made their life in this country and are totally law abiding, and often it's just absolutely shock to them as it is to everyone else when their children uh, become extremists and and uh, and commits these atrocities. Um, this man, it would appear, had a he had an Iraqi mother, a Syrian father. Hmm. He had come from the Middle East. wasn't sure which country he had actually arrived from originally. He was in 2014. He was finally rejected for his asylum claim. He was he apparently he had mental health problems around this time. He was arrested for possession of a large knife after rejection for asylum. And this resulted in being sectioned under the Mental Health Act and hospitalized for several months. He then moved in with an elderly Christian couple in Liverpool, Malcolm and Elizabeth Hitchcock, uh, who um, he he converted to uh, to Christianity. Um, They helped him fulfill his chef to become a, a pizza chef, to work in catering. Um, and and they hadn't seen him for years since. And mm. they were, they said, incredibly shocked and surprised that uh, he should have uh, done mm. what he did. Um, an awful lot of people today are going to be saying, we've got people in this country from abroad. We don't know enough about them. We don't know whether this was a genuine conversion to to Christianity or not, whether it was whether it was fake. It was about trying to embed himself in society. We don't know uh, whether he'd come here with ill intent, whether he was just mentally ill as if that's. Mm-hmm. The, but either way, somebody who had failed in his asylum attempt and yet mm-hmm. seven years later was still in the country. I mean, yes. I'm sorry, but the questions are mounting up here, aren't they?
1: They are I mean the first thing that must be said uh, actually is um it's something I think that often isn't talked about enough is the mental health aspects of people coming from Iraq and Syria, and you know i, I yeah you know, whilst a lot of the questions have to be around whether or not it was a yeah, an ideologically motivated terrorist attack. I do think that is something that is often swept under the rug is that you know, the very nature of having fled, say, um, you know, the, the prisons of the Assad regime or what's been happening in Iraq, it is entirely possible that we are not exporting you know, sort of legions of you know, religiously motivated fanatics, but we are in fact uh, importing an awful lot of people with very severe mental health issues. And we all know actually from experience of people who were born and raised in this country, what damage can be uh, done uh, to people you know if they then fall in with the wrong crowd if they are sort of driven to extremes but that just needs to be parked to one side you're right uh, the simple fact of the matter is it's it's another example of somebody who was out on the streets who if they shouldn't have been locked up should have had a very very tight leash placed upon them and you know we saw this um with the 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 knife attacker in south london uh earlier this year um It's just, it must be said, actually, I do think that our security services do do relatively a good job. I mean, you said yourself that most attackers in this country are homegrown rather than um, people who have come to this country from abroad, whereas in other countries, that's not always the case. They have a harder time of keeping a handle on people who have come from Iraq and Syria. But nonetheless, every now and then they do slip through. And it is just incredibly sort of unnerving to see that it is somebody who when you look at the things in the round, should perhaps have been in a much more secure situation yeah. and known better to the authorities. Indeed.
0: Well, we know, I mean, it, it, according to security sources, he was not on an MI5 watch list. I mean, repeatedly, mm. we've had people who, it has been on a watch list and be been decided to be not, not a any more of a particular threat than any of the other 40,000 people who may well be a threat at any one time. We don't know yet whether he had been known to police, but clearly, I mean, this incident where he was sectioned would suggest that he, he had been. Um, yesterday, I mean, on, on, on the Sunday, we had three arrests. We had a fourth arrest yesterday Yesterday, the, obviously the authorities have, because it's under the counter-terrorism legislation, 14 days in total to question uh, those men, uh, all in their 20s. The terror threat was also raised <coughs> after that Cobra meeting that Boris Johnson chaired yesterday, uh, late, early afternoon. From uh, is raised to, to severe, which means that a, an attack is highly likely. There, of course, have mm-hmm. been two in a month. David Amos, of course, was a, mm-hmm. a terror attack. Uh, the Conservative MP who was stabbed in his constituency surgery. Um, there's now a lot of fear of a, a sort of copycats of a, of of yeah. basically of a of chris basically a christmas spate of attacks we went through this in 2017 when we had a whole spate of attacks it was just every few weeks it was just another horrific horrific mm-hmm. attack and horrible death tolls I mean london bridge westminster bridge um uh, the manchester arena of course an eight year old charlie the youngest who died in that there's going to be a lot of concern that there's not very much the authorities can do, particularly when they talk about these sort of lone attackers. If it were, if you were alone, obviously four people being arrested, they clearly thinking there may be a possibility it wasn't a lone attack, but a lone wolf, someone who has been uh, radicalised in their bedroom online during lockdown, who hasn't got any links. They're not being known to have gone to a demonstration with uh, with a well known hate preacher or anything like that. You know, how on earth do they track these people down and prevent those attacks? I mean, it is virtually impossible.
1: It is virtually impossible. It was one of the biggest fears of the security services actually throughout the pandemic was what was going to happen sort of when everybody was let out and you have this sort of great release of human energy and then you'd have to be trying to track an awful lot of people who potentially you weren't weren't particularly of note beforehand and you get a series of sort of mimetic attacks where one person does one thing and then another does another and it all sort of kicks off and you know that that I'm afraid is going to be the big fear but we do need to remember that fear is the end goal of a lot of terrorists it's yeah Yeah. and as much as we could all be going oh good lord this isn't particularly nice we're all very terrified that is of course their end goal and you know whilst i'm not saying you should sort of just (laughs) throw caution and safety to the winds when you're in crowded places and stuff like that i am just saying yeah these are still relatively very rare that you're caught up in these sorts of things the security services are very good actually at catching these things and i think we do need to just have a little bit of gratitude that for every sort of situation that you have like that, you have very heroic people who throw themselves in the way who stop these things becoming yeah. bigger, and we do have very good security services at hand.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things. Every now and then, when you get a speech from from someone like you know the head of MI5 pointing out how many terror attacks have been yeah. foiled. But of course, this all comes at the same time as we've got to the ongoing crisis of the migrant channel boats. Um, we mm. know that you know the Home Secretary Peter Patel met with her counterpart in France yesterday, um, and it is it is extraordinary. We've got people. You so, Thousand plus people a day, on occasion, turning up in this country. We don't know who these people are. We don't, a lot of them, don't keep documentation to prove where they not where they're from, so they can't be sent back anywhere. Um, you know, we don't know who these people are. The concerns that people have—it's not racism, it's not xenophobia, it's not no. misplaced. It is a perfectly legitimate fear that people are arriving in this country. These so are almost entirely young men. They, the media will focus on. There'll be a woman with a child. Virtually most most of these people are. Are are, are young men. And I'm sorry, we don't know who they are, and we don't, many of them may be desperate apparently so desperate to leave France. Many of them may be very keen on just meeting uh, family members who were here in the UK, but we still don't know even if one or two slips yeah. through who could uh, you know, deliver a terror attack on our country. That I'm sorry, that's too many for most of us. Um, 6.46 is the time. We'll talk more about the booster jabs uh, the announcement on the 40 plus booster jabs and uh, uh, the vaccine passport. The rules are going to change. What a surprise.
1: The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley-Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of
0: Pretty Litter.